Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Back for Slavin. Top of the near circle. Double team. Table Terrapine hassled by Cop. Aho. Near point. Walking the line now is Slavin. Jacob Slavin to first near side. Terrapine. He scores! A bullet. Well placed by Turbo on the power play. You know the ice and Slavin. Terrapine has to be willing to shoot the puck more on the one side of the umbrella. And here he is. Willing to shoot it, and Justin Williams may have his first goal back as a hurricane. Look at that stick position, elevation, net front from Ajo, oh, and Justin Williams. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Morning After Podcast. I mean, what do you say? Ah, I'm Adam Gold. Thank you very much for joining us. So really, this is the kind of stuff that you just can't, you just, you can't predict. Maybe you can. Maybe it should be easy to predict. I don't know. So Justin Williams takes the first 48 games of the season off. Shows up his first game is against the Islanders on Sunday. Plays well. Ends up uh, winning the game in a shootout with the goal that uh, ultimately put Carolina ahead to stay. I mean, he makes the, he sh- uh, scores the goal, and then James Reimer stops Anders Lee in the shootout. That's that. So I don't know if it counts as a game-winning goal or not. It should. And then tonight, Williams has two goals, both great plays by other players, but somebody got a finish, right? And including a power play goal. And the Hurricanes go on to a 4-1 win. Game-winning goal, Justin Williams. Stop. You know, he joked before he um, played his first game on Sunday. This was Saturday when we were talking to him in the uh, locker room after practice when we knew he was going to play on Sunday, even though it technically wasn't announced officially until the next day. We, uh, we, we kind of had an idea. Uh, we asked him, uh, you know, well, what are your expectations? And he said, well, I don't expect a hat trick. Well, you're right. He didn't get a hat trick on day one. He didn't get a hat trick on day two. Uh, what he did was score twice, and he could have scored two other times. Uh, but a, uh, an all-around good game, and Justin Williams just makes other players better. And in this case, uh, they made him better. Uh, there's, there was a lot, a lot of good in this game, uh, including the second Justin Williams goal, which iced it. Gaines will jump on it. Appleton's up and ready. He's back in five seconds. Terrifying it through center. Final push over the line. In the zone. Near wing spins the call. Out in front. They score! A cash in by Justin Williams. Set up beautifully by Andre Svechnikov. 10.47 left. 4-1. Carolina. So it wasn't a power play goal. Mason Appleton 
no way that's his real name. Is there a hockey player really named Mason Appleton? Doesn't it sound like some guy who plays on the Corn Ferry Tour, second year out, big hitter, kind of sprays it around, streaky putter? Uh, Anyway, Mason Appleton was in the penalty box, and it was just maybe a second after the penalty expired when Svechnikov found Williams on the back door uh, to make it a 4-1 game. Carolina was great in the third period, by the way. Amazing in the third period. They were kind of trashy in the second period. Second period wasn't a great period for either team, to be perfectly honest, but uh, Carolina's worst period was the second period. They were dangerous but sloppy in the first, and but it was just awesome to be able to, uh, to you know, see Justin Williams put the finishing touch on a game which had his fingerprints all over it. We played the first goal. That made it 2-0. Carolina got off to a great start, and we'll give you the first goal in a second. Uh, but it was just cool to, uh, to see Justin already have an impact on what this team did. How many people thought when Williams signed and he's coming back and he's coming back like, man, he's 38. What are the chances he's actually still good? <laughs> yeah, I know. He is. He's still really good. I actually saw Martin Natchez after the game, and I don't remember necessarily the sequence on the ice, but I think Natchez was talking to him about wanting to get him the puck to score a third goal and get the hat trick. Williams does not care. But speaking of Martin Natchez, that first goal, that was something else. It's carried in by Marty Natchez. A close call. What a goal! Marty Natchez in tight. Forehand to backhand right through the blue and right by Connor Hellebach. Oh my word, what a play. This was not your typical forehand backhand because he sort of let himself with the puck. Put it to an area where with his skating ability, he could catch up to it. All right, let's let's describe the goal real quick because uh, I thought it was a really nice play by uh, was it uh, it was Hayden Flurry who had the assist, the, the secondary assist. So Flurry makes a nice stretch pass to Ryan Dezingle, who was just outside the blue line, who just little deflection into the offensive end along the wall where Natchez picked it up, and then he skated in kind of a sharp angle. Uh, right past Neil Pionk and right past Connor Hellebuck and then just tucked it into the open net. I mean, it was a thing of beauty, but you can't you can't have that play without what Hayden Fleury did and what Ryan Dezingle did. Um, just tremendous, and Carolina gets uh, on the board 228 in. The Williams power play goal came 530 in, and here's what's interesting about the game. Real quick, I won't spend a lot of time on this, and by the way, uh, my friend Mike Salarte is going to join us in uh, a few minutes and we'll uh, talk more about the game and Justin Williams and all of that. Um, Eric Halla was a healthy scratch tonight. And we can get into, we're not going to get into the the, uh, the inner meaning of Eric Halla being healthy scratched. Uh, the truth is, is that Hall is in a nine-game goal-scoring drought. Um, he didn't hasn't played well the last few games, and he lost a critical battle in front of the net late in the second period that allowed the Islanders to score their only goal. Um, and so somebody's going to come out 
And this is not about an injury. This is not about keep giving a guy an extra day off or game off uh, going into a break. This is about somebody's got to come out. Hall isn't, hasn't played well of late. It was Hall's turn to sit out. I fully expect Eric Hall to be back in the lineup when they play against Vegas, his old team, on Friday night of next week. And moving on. Uh, Eric Hall is too important to this team. So I just assume that Holland will be back. It was his turn to come out. Uh, we'll, We'll also see how he reacts to being a healthy scratch. Eric Holland didn't expect to be a healthy scratch at any point this season. Nor did anybody expect him to be a healthy scratch. But somebody's got to come out. And, uh, you know, Martin Nook had to come back in. Brock McGinn's playing well. Brock McGinn's also their best penalty killer other than Jordan Stahl. And um, Warren Fogel's been playing well, although Fogel could come out the next game. I mean, who knows who it's going to. It could be Nino Ryder, although I thought Nino played pretty well tonight. Regardless, um, so in both of the first two uh, goals, it was Halla would have been on the ice for both. It was Halla's line, now centered by Walmart with the Zingle and Natchez. That created the first goal. And then on the power play, don't you know, old man River, 38-year-old Justin Williams, in the slot where we often see Eric Halla. So uh, great play, Tara Vinen, uh with a... Uh, with a wasn't really a shot. We can talk, call, call it a shot if we want. Uh, but he knew what he was doing. And right on the tape of Williams, who deflected it over Connor, Connor Hellebuck. So it's 2 nothing. But unfortunately, Carol, this was a sloppy first period, too. And we'll talk about what, very quickly, what Winnipeg does. They are so fast and so big and so talented up front. It was going to put a lot of pressure on Carolina's defense. Uh, and in this case, they kind of wore out the Stahl, Svechnikov, Niederreiter line, and uh, Shifley had the puck out in front of Patrick Lyonnais, uh, who uh, just ripped one past Peter Morozik. It's 2-1, and it was really the shift after the Williams goal made it 2-0. So it's 2-1 at that point, uh, but a really, really nice play at the end of the period, uh, finished off by Tavo Teravainen that put Carolina ahead by two. That's controlled near side by Andre Svechnikov. An aerial flip out to center. As the Canes get out of dodge, a steal. Aho, far wing, steams in. Backhander shut down by Hellebuck. Aho, Terabinen, scores! That's hockey, baby! What a pass by Sebas! Sebastian Aho right to Tavo Terabinen. Smart defensive play from Svechnikov. Sometimes get it out, live for another day. That long pass, bouncing puck late. It all began. Look, that was uh, that was a great play all around. Svechnikov, with the presence of mind, had just lifted out of the air, lifted out of the zone. Aho ran it down, uh, made a smart play. Actually, he just really kind of flipped it at Hellebuck uh, on goal, uh, and because he was in tight, uh, Hellebuck couldn't glove it, so he just kind of knocked it down and batted it behind the net, and then Aho won a battle. Behind the net, Aho's night was, I thought, mostly very good. Uh, there were some. Uh, I think nobody was really good in the second period, so everybody made a bunch of mistakes there. 
but uh, he he won a battle behind the net and then made a brilliant pass to Tavo Teravainen uh, in front, who uh, went uh, upper 90, as they say in soccer, uh, for the 3-1 lead. And after the scoreless second period, Carolina was in great shape because their third period uh, was one of the best periods you'll see them play all year. They were all over the Jets. They could have scored more goals, um, but they didn't. Uh, anyway, uh, solid performance. Um, and we'll see what happens with Halla and others uh, because nobody wants to come out. Everybody wants to be a part of this. Uh, and it's uh, it's very cool uh, to see this team play well the last two games with Justin back in the fold, and now they get to just kind of do nothing. Uh, the All-Star game is coming up this weekend, and I saw Jacob Slavin kind of packing stuff up, getting ready, bringing sticks. What is he going to pack? What, is he to, what does he have to take? All that kind of stuff. Uh, so he's set for his first All-Star game, and uh, who knows? Who knows what the second half will bring? Uh, but Carolina's got 32 games to play. Uh, they will, uh, they'll hit the ice against Vegas on the 31st. It's next Friday. And then, uh, for the most part, it is a concentrated schedule the rest of the way, starting with the second to last week in February, I believe seven straight weeks, there is a back-to-back either Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday. Uh, So there's a lot of back-to-backs left. They're going to put a lot of strain on goaltenders. Uh, I've said this before. I still think we're going to see Alex Nedeljkovic at some point this year. But right now, both goalies are healthy. Mrazek played very well tonight. Uh, Gave up a goal on his first shot and nothing thereafter. Played excellent in the second period. Uh, Even for the most part in the first period uh, where he he had to be on his game. Uh, Made a couple of really nice saves. uh, One on, I think it was Jack Roslovic. Uh, who came in uh, unencumbered, but I thought Mrazek was very good, and uh, defense in front of him played very well. The all-star, Slavin, uh, played a mere 25-58, 26 minutes for Jacob Slavin. Had Brett Pesci not gotten into a fight, uh, he would have played more than 20 minutes. He played 19-48. And we'll close on uh, this before we take a break and bring in Mike Salarte. Uh, Budapest was feisty and downright dirty in the third period. And um, I thought it was impressive the way uh, Carolina responded. Svechnikov, I thought it was going to be a fighting major, wasn't it? They just gave him matching roughings. Uh, but Svechnikov dropped the gloves with Shifley. And then Mark Shifley clearly wanted a fight tonight. Uh, and he went after uh, Brett Pesci, or they went after each other. And they actually did throw hands. Uh, I don't know who won the fight. Nobody really won that fight. It wasn't a long fight. Uh, But Brett Pesci, who we don't see that from very often, uh, was willing to drop the glove. So there we are. We're into the break. Uh, We'll come back and we'll talk about this. And we'll talk about the return of Williams with Mike Salarte, my friend, uh, former Raleigh guy, now in Charlotte with Spectrum Sports. Uh, But before we do... Take the break. A reminder, subscribe to the Canes Corner podcast. There'll be more podcasts coming up, more long-firm, big-picture things uh, with the uh, with Hurricanes Matters. But subscribe to it wherever you get your podcast. Uh, 
rate it if you want. And if you don't want, that's fine. I've never rated a podcast. I'm not going to make you do anything you don't want to do. Uh, so there you go. We'll, uh, we'll pause briefly. I'll towel off. And all right, do you want to? Do you really want to? Okay. Back for Slavin. Top of the near circle. Double team. Table terrifying and hassled by Cop. Aho. Near point. Walking the line now is Slavin. Jacob Slavin to first near side. Terrifying. He scores! A bullet. Well placed by Turbo on the power play. No, the ice and Slavin. Oh, man. It wasn't Turbo, uh, although Turbo made the pass. It was Justin Williams with the redirect up high. It was a 2-0 game at that point. It went on to be the game winner and your first star, Justin Williams. All right, quick break. Mike Salarte when we resume. My friend Mike Salarte, the man who keeps the lights on at Spectrum News every weeknight at 10... 30, he's there on your television. If you are a Spectrum uh, subscriber, I hope you are. Um, so I know do you, I. <laughs> you, absolutely. You, yeah. you are an alum of the, uh, the alumni game. I guess that's a double negative. I don't know. Uh, I know you didn't play this year, but as a man who is uh, almost 38. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't know why are you laughing. We're, we're going we're gonna to brush up on your math skills, but okay. It's okay. I'm, I'm a member, Adam. I'm a big fan of yours, and I've always <laughs> called you a friend, and that has not changed. <laughs> <laughs> can can you can you even imagine, like Justin Williams, two games in shootout goal, two goals tonight? Frankly, could have had four. Um, I mean, come on, that's he's making a mockery of the game. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 laughable. I mean, everybody, the greats of the game, Gretzky, Howe, or forget it. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Williams, Jay Willie, baby. Look, uh, you can't you can't quantify what he brings to this team. I mean, I know he had two goals against Winnipeg, and that's all well and good. Had the shootout winner uh, the other night it, it, against the Islanders. You can't quantify what he does in terms of statistics. He's such a big presence in that dressing room, and the goals are. T- I mean, look, the goals are kind of gravy at 38 years old. But man, when he scores, that place goes up. And and I, you know, I sent the I sent the message to Mike Maniscalco after the game, asking if Justin got a little misty eyed after the chant was going on because he looked like he was a little glossy in the old eyes. He was Sunday night in the locker room he, after the game. Means, yeah, you can see what it means to him. Yeah, and and that to me is just. Be- I mean, that's hockey. It's what the game is, and it's what it's how it touches these guys that play at the highest level. It touches us all, no matter what level you play at, whether it's you know the NHL. Or beer league C three, uh, like the Charlotte Rebels who need to win this season. But anyway, um, <laughs> no, I mean it's just, just just the magic that that guy brings, and you just see how much he loves it, and it's great. It's it's unbelievable to watch. It's so much fun. And what sucks is now we have to wait ten days for him to play. I know. I actually know he. It was very funny after the game. He joked about how he needed a break. Yeah, uh, he's worn out. I mean, come on, two whole he's games. Worn out, man. Yeah. Thirty eight years old. It ain't easy getting out of bed, bro. Dude, he was shot out of a cannon on the second. Oh, yeah. His second goal made uh, a beeline to the back post. Svetch hit him with a great pass. Perfect, I mean, awesome. Yeah, awesome and job. of course because he's smart, he uh, he yeah. understands that. Oh, at Svechnikov made that play. Everybody needs to know that it was his play, not mine. Same with Teravainen. Yeah. Uh, he goes, eh, look, I had my stick on the ice in the right spot. Uh, yeah. Like no big deal. It was other players who are uh, who are doing the work. Real quick. 
uh, because I know you couldn't be there on Sunday night against the Islanders, uh, but you understand these types of moments. Mike Salarte, Spectrum News, is joining us here on the Morning After podcast. Uh, forget about when he took his first shift and as soon as he went over the boards and Rod Brindamore just is oblivious to all of these things. He could have started Williams for the cheap pop, but he didn't. Uh, so Williams takes his first shift. As soon as he comes over the boards, the place is bonkers, right? Yeah. So when we get to the shootout, I've already been downstairs. I usually watch the last five minutes of regulation. If there's overtime, I'm there as well. So I usually watch that from the corner down by the locker room. Uh, so they're in the shootout. It's round eight at this point. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, is that an earthquake? Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> it must be the fact that Justin Williams is out to take the shot. And, of course, it was as though he had already scored the goal. Right. And then he scores the goal. The roof blows off the place. Anders Lee was probably still feeling the tremors when he went in and his feeble attempt uh, well, I guess if it was the Islanders, he's lucky he even brought the puck to James Reimer right. because they they whiffed on two plays. Two. Yeah, It was a terrible shootout for the Islanders after they uh, had even the score at 2-2 with, I guess, Anthony Bovillier's uh, goal that even the shootout and it extended it. Uh, but, I mean, Anders Lee had no chance. Right. <laughs> and then, of yeah. course, it's just it's Justin Williams' night all over again. Yeah, and, you know, and... All the things you talk about the the the, the earthquake of, of Justin hopping the boards and everything. I mean, imagine if he doesn't score there. You know, I mean, because it and, and I would never wish ill on Justin Williams. I know better, right? But I mean, but just imagine if he doesn't score there, because then the shootout continues and the play. I mean, the, the Hurricanes very well could have lost on that next shot. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, you know, if he doesn't score, the air gets taken right out of the building and everything else. But he scores. The game, Mr. Game Seven is back. Yeah. And now he's Mr. Round Eight of the shootout. But, you know, you talk about a pressure cooker for James Reimer. He had to come up with a stop. Yeah. You know, I mean, he had to make a stop. It wasn't like they, you know, it wasn't like they dumped it in twice uh, during their eight opportunities in the shootout. You know, they actually got a shot off that time. But, you know, <laughs> again, you can't, you can't quantify again what Justin Williams brings to this, this hockey team. And, uh, you know, the fact he doesn't have a letter right now. Leads me to leads me to the point that Rod Brindamore says I've got to treat Justin Williams like a new player, even though he's not, and let him you know be Justin and all the guys know him. He's not a new player, but he can't he can't show favoritism. He can't play yeah. favorites. He can't give him the C. He can't rip an A off a guy's chest. These guys have to learn that even though Williams is on their roster and in their lineup, he's just one of the guys now. But he's even though he's really not, and so it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting uh, room right now, and the way that everything is balanced. But we'll, see, you know, Rod is obviously a master at keeping that room on an even keel. This is going to be a lot of fun to watch in the second half. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've got some issues. We'll get to in a second. Um, I my my conversations with Rod and with Justin uh, before all of these things were announced and all that happened, um, there was never going to be a letter. It couldn't do it. It wasn't fair to the guys in the room. Right. Um, but that's hockey, that's hockey, that's yeah. hockey. It, it, but all you got to do is go back to year one with Williams, mm-hmm. even though he didn't have a letter, everybody knew, including all the guys who wore letters, everybody knew essentially not who ran the room because that's, that's kind of cliched, but everybody knew where to go. 
Uh, and it's always been number 14 since he's come back. It will always be number 14. Uh, and he was tremendous. He was great tonight. He shows leadership all the time. He shows leadership with his play. Um, and, and he knows exactly what to say after the game. He goes, you know what? We weren't great in the first and second periods, but the third period was good and we have to be better. So he gets it. So, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the easiest way to, the easiest way to, to assume this is that, or to understand this to me anyway, is Justin Williams is a made man. Oh yeah. Everybody, everybody knows you don't mess with the made man. And if the made man talks, you shut up and you listen. And honestly, the balance in that room right now, I don't think Justin has to really say a whole lot unless things start to really cycle or you know, swirl the drain. And I don't see that happening either. This team is, this team is really, really, I mean, I don't want to pump their tires and put them in the Stanley Cup final just yet, but man, they can see it, especially after the run they had last year. And I think this group is young and hungry and really, really super motivated. And yes, they have some deficiencies. Mm. Every team in the league does, but I think that those deficiencies are something that the deficiencies that they have are certainly correctable. They are certainly fixable. It may involve some personnel changes. Yeah, deadline will be coming up. You never know what's going to happen there, uh, but. This is this is a hockey team right now that's really going in in such an incredible direction. It's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, they're better offensively than they were a year ago. Oh, yeah. um, they're not quite as feisty to play against up front, but if they can add a top four defenseman, they've got cap room now. I mean, they've e- yeah. even with even if even if Doug Dougie Hamilton can come back during the regular season which would eliminate the long-term injury replacement for Hamilton. Um, So if he can come back during the regular season, then you you can only add one bona fide top four defenseman. But they've got about five to six million dollars of cap space to do so. So I think it's it's within reach of Don Waddell uh, to make some moves, probably send a a prospect and a draft pick. They've got number one, so... Um, they can do that if they can find the right fit on the blue line. It doesn't make a difference if it's a left shot or a right shot because Pesci can play as offside. I, I would argue that Pesci was uh, one of their best players playing his offside last year with Justin Falk. So we'll see uh, yeah. how that works. I want to ask you, you got a chance to see Martin Nature's play. Oh, yeah. Uh, all last year. And he he had some some down moments, but he had a lot of up, obviously. And the uh, he ended up having a great year, his first full season in North America. Uh, but he scores the first goal tonight. And there are times where you go, oh, that speed is breathtaking. Yeah. He is unreal when yeah. he gets it, cr- I mean, legitimately cranked up. Um, so what did you see from his game last year that was different from the beginning to the end? The, the thing that I saw in his game last year was I saw that speed and I saw those incredible hands of his. Mm -hmm. Now the difference in the American league to the national league is time and space in the American league. There's just a little more time and space than the national league. And so Marty's hands at the beginning of his time with the hurricanes and his call-ups and everything else. And before he stuck this year, I think he had to make that little bit of an adjustment. Uh, and, and now when you're seeing him just, you know, you know, flip his hat around and hit turbo and go down the ice, (laughs) 
you know, it's like, oh, now he's got the confidence in his legs and his hands. And I, you know, I mean, he's, he's had a real, I think he's had a really nice campaign to this point. And I think he's only getting better. And when he figures out hands and feet full, you know, without even thinking about it, I mean, this kid's going to be a terror and you're going to yeah. have him up there with Svetch and Svetch has got speed and strength. I mean, uh, did he, did he drift Shifley in that pile? Did he throw? Did he chuck a knuckle in his face? I, he did. I, I was. Think, su- I think he gave him a little shot there. He definitely and, did, and I was surprised that that was. They just gave him matching roughing penalties. Yeah. Uh, I thought that there was definitely going to be a fighting major. Shifley was interested in a fight tonight, apparently, oh, yeah. uh, because he had a bout with Joe Pesci. I'm not even calling him Brett Pesci anymore. <laughs> uh, he had a bout with with uh, with Joe. Um, but yes. What do you What do you mean? You, what do you mean? You say I'm funny. <laughs> What about me is so funny to you, Mr. Shifley? I do believe that was what Pesci said. Uh, Yeah, exactly. I I mean, they had mics all over the glass tonight. That was exactly the conversation. Uh, Look, and, and, you know, you talk about this team being feisty. They don't have a lot of guys that are going to do that. You know, they don't have a lot of guys that are going to step in and and drop the mitts. But when you have a guy like Pesci, really not known for that sort of thing, being the guy to do that, that shows me that this collection of players is going to play for each other on the ice going for, you know, going after wins and they're going to stick up for each other when someone's trying to take liberties. And when you see a guy like Pesci do that, that sends a message to the other guys in the room saying, all right, if 22 is doing it, yeah. I better be ready to, I better be ready to answer the bell. If my number gets called, you know, it's interesting. It's a great sign for team toughness. What's, what's interesting is that there's a couple of guys in the lot in the, in that team on that team that will definitely step up like Joel Edmondson has already thrown hands this year. uh, And we know Jordan Martinook will. Um, Mm -hmm. So when you see it and I, I, I said it all last year, it was a matter of time before Svechnikov got in a fight, a matter of time because he loves to give it after whistles and he is not afraid. He will not back down. He also trained, uh, you know, part of his training off this off season was boxing. Uh, So good for him. Um, yeah. But it's interesting when you see a guy like Pesci uh, do that because he is not known for nope. anything like that. But I think what Pesci gets that, and I'm not trying to throw guys under the bus here um, <clears throat> because they can't help but not get it just yet. Uh, so Eric Holler was a healthy scratch tonight. Um, Ryan Dezingle has faded in and out, although I think Dezingle played very well tonight, and he had a, a, a just a great touch pass on the Natchez goal to kind yes. of deflect it to the corner. Uh, Pesci gets the culture of this team and this organization and what Rod wants. He's been around Rod for a number of years before Brendan Moore became the head coach, but he gets it. And the guys who get it, are so you you cannot do you can't you can't replicate that value. So I'll be interested interested to see as the season goes on how much of the culture really rubs off on Dezingle. If the culture rubs off on Eric Halla, uh, because we know Hall is talented. You, I mean Rod Brindamore, healthy scratched, a guy who has been one of his best players all year. Oh yeah, that was a that was a cojones type move from <laughs> Rod Brindamore because you don't know how that's going to work. Here's yeah, a guy. No, here, it, here's a guy playing for uh, you know he wants a, a contract from somebody next year, uh, and you just you just pulled him from the lineup and he's healthy. 
Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, but that's, that's the rub with having 13 forwards after the addition of Justin Williams. And at some point somebody's going to sit down and they're going to, you know, and they have to understand when you talk about culture, you know, culture sounds so cliche, but it's such a real tangible thing within any successful team, whether yeah. it's the NHL or the NFL or baseball, you name it. There's a culture that guys buy into that if they're going to be a part of this, if they're going to be a part of the collective group that is going to make things work and be successful in their games, whether it's hockey or football, whatever, if they're going to win, if they're going to be a collective winning group, they've got to all believe in the same thing. They've got to have the oars in the water at the same time. They've all got to be on the same page. I'll continue to throw cliches at you if you like. But the, 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 main, the main thing here is, is that if a guy like Paula, who, as you mentioned, has had a dynamite season to this point. I mean, he's a he's a sniper. He can fire that thing all over the place. But if it's his turn to be out of the lineup, you kind of have to say, okay, it's my turn. You only start to get concerned for Eric Halla if it becomes a consistent, repetitive thing. If it happens over and over again, then, you know, you got to check yourself and say, hey, am I bought in? Right. Maybe a conversation he has to have with Rod. Am I, am I not bought in? What do you need me to do? Because I want to play. I want to help this team win. I want to be bought in. So, you know, and I'm, I'm just talking, I'm certainly talking about the game overall and using this as an example. I don't know that this is happening. I don't know that these guys are having these chats, that sort of thing. But um, a guy like Hall of being out of the lineup, that's one thing. But uh, if you see... You know, does Ingle get sat one night or Justin Williams, you know, get a night off? Oh, no, Justin Williams is not coming out of the lineup. Well, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, you just never know. But <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, it, it, you know, at some point, you know, if you're Rod Brindamore and I heard his post game tonight, he said, look, I want these guys to make it tough for me. It's not easy to sit a guy like Eric Hall. Right. I want these guys to make it difficult for me. And they've done that. And so if you've got if Rod Brindamore has that problem and the 12 guys that get a jersey and, and, as forwards, well, they better produce if they want to keep that jersey. And, you know, for the most part, you know, most of them will. But the guys that are in that the, the bottom six, they better bring it. They better bring it every night because there are guys anxious and itching to get back in the lineup. Yeah, there's there's no question. Well, uh, they'll all be healthy scratch for the next 10 days because uh, they don't play again until the 31st against the Vegas Golden Knights. Basically, your second home team. Uh, well, yeah. And, you know, an interesting, interesting fun fact, Adam, Yes, I'll actually be in Vegas next month for the rematch between the Hurricanes and the Golden Knights. I'll be out there, uh, for that one, celebrating my 38th birthday for the 12th time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, wow. Uh, we, so we made a trip out of it. Uh, which has uh, been your favorite 38th birthday? Um, I would say the... <laughs> I think the first one because I was really thirty-eight <laughs> then. So yeah, every every okay. year after that's been kind of has kind of paled in comparison to the one where I was actually thirty-eight. <laughs> but, All right, man, I've kept you longer longer than I ever intended, but it's fun to talk to you. So uh, man, it's it's always great to talk to you there, Gold. We'll we do it. When are you coming game. up for a game? When are you coming up for a game so we could do this in person? I was going to come up next week, but then they don't have any games. Yes, so it's a problem. Um, yeah, so that's that's problematic. Um, I, you know what? When I do come up there, you will be the first one to know about it because, uh, Dad Gummit, I miss you, oh, and we man. need to do this more often. This I'm is serious, love, man. true love. This, buddy, come on now. Colleagues don't get together often enough. <laughs> I, I was waiting for the colleague comment. I had to wait till the I end. Know. I, I, get, I, I know. I had to get that in under See, the wire. I called you a friend right at the right at the top. I, I know, and I and I right. and Adam, you are one of my most cherished friends that I have in this crazy business. 
and uh, we're, it's, we're, we're 25 years in. Uh, almost. It's uh, 20, almost 22. Oh, almost 22? Yeah, okay. almost 22. Like well, uh, yeah. in a month, month and a half, it'll be 22. Uh, yeah. We used to so be side by each all the time. It, it, oh, it's 21 and one. Right. It's 21 and a foul for us. Yeah, 21 and the, and the foul. And yes, we were very many times, we were side by each uh, at the radio, and uh, we talked hockey, and, uh, you know, we uh, uh, we have the breakfast in the morning with the two eggs facing the sun, and uh, it was good. The coffee, toast, it was great. I will never not laugh at that. Mike Salarte uh, from <laughs> Spectrum News. 1030 weeknights. Follow him on Twitter at Mike Salarte. I thank you for your time, my friend. Uh, well, we'll see you very soon. I look forward to it, Adam. You have a great, great day. Thanks, buddy. Nothing better than talking to Mike Salarte. Uh, all right, let's uh, before we uh, before we have to uh, jump out of here. Uh, here are the standings in the Eastern Conference because well, we always close on the standings. The Islanders they were winners over the Rangers tonight. I think it was four two final. Forty nine games, sixty three points. They are in third place in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, the Hurricanes, by virtue of Columbus not playing, moved back into wild card one spot. Uh, 50 points, or 50 games, 61 points. Columbus and Philadelphia are tied. 50 games, 60 points. Columbus has more regulation wins than Philadelphia does. So right now, they would have the fifth spot in the Metropolitan standings. Philadelphia would be six. Florida, by the way. They were a winner at Chicago tonight, and the Panthers have 61 points in 49 games, so they have a point lead, or they're even with Carolina, but a game in hand. Toronto, 57 points in 49 games, so they're right now on the outside looking in. Imagine if Toronto doesn't make the playoffs, uh, and of course, the Hurricanes might not get Toronto's pick because if it's, it's top 10 protected. That makes me mad. Anyway, with all of that said, the uh, Hurricanes go into the break uh, on a high note. Cue Madeline Kahn. Uh, some of you will get that. Some of you won't. Uh, but a big win. Carolina got some goals cranked up. Justin Williams is on pace for 100 if he had just started the season on time. Two goals, two games, two game winners. I mean, come on. Would you stop? Guys making a mockery of it all. All right, so uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we won't have any morning after pods because there are no games until uh, the 31st when Vegas comes to town next Friday. Uh, but we will come back with some Kane's Corner podcast for you over the uh, next eight, nine days. So stay tuned for those. And once again, do us a favor. Do yourself a favor. Uh, subscribe to it so it shows up on your phone. Rate it. Uh, do what you have to. Give me some feedback. And I thank you very much for your time on the Morning After Podcast, Hurricanes 4, Winnipeg 1, and we will see you next time. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.